0: Hi friends, uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, gosh, I don't even know what to say anymore, I, I, ended up playing, uh, three and a half hours of Planescape Torment, as I'm sure you've heard previously, and, I mean, I'm very sure, because I talked about it, like, two, three minutes ago, How many minutes ago, um, that, when I did trim silences to down to no more than two seconds each cut about 25 minutes of it off and so there was like three hours and five minutes of stuff and then I cut that up into episodes and this is part like three of four of that session and recording one intro right after another I'm not even sure like like what should I even be saying in an intro at this point? I feel like I feel like maybe i'm I'm touching upon the spirit of Robert Evans who doesn't know how to introduce a podcast. Um, I mean, no one will ever be as not knowing of how to introduce a podcast as Robert Evans will, but I feel like maybe I'm getting a slight connection with the spirit of Robert Evans by just recording intro after intro after intro and then like. I felt like I wasn't even doing good intro last time. And then I, I'm doing a third one right now. And then as soon as I'm done with this, I'm gonna have to go do a fourth one. So in two days, you're gonna hear whatever I've come up with that'll probably be worse than this. So, um, you know, good luck to future you. You have rested for 16 hours. I guess that's fine. Oh, hey, look. We step outside and immediately immediately there's another another stupid dude trying to go up and um what I call it Hive thug I can hive thugs um oh uh oh Okay, so now the guide says next we can go to the alley of dangerous angles. So let's do that. Um I'm gone. And uh I'm drinking some jello. I had a cola to start. I drank all the cola. Oh no nope. Now I drank all the cola. All right. Let's see. Oh, so uh, we approached from the northeast before. Now we're approaching from the southwest. These are razor angels. They're not, they're blue right now. That's that's neutral, but they're walking toward us. All right. See if we can run. Oh no. Uh, the alley dweller greets you with an exaggerated politeness and a deep brow. Greeting, stranger! You've chosen a uh, auspicious day to pass through our lens. The toll be a mere ten coins. Uh, hmm. Well, you'll have to catch me first. Oh boy! Let's see if we let's see how many of these guys we can kill. We can kill a lot of them. then oh. we can't wait nope well, so there we go. I I thought that it was gonna be you know a bigger deal to kill like eight guys but I guess it just wasn't that hard. It's actually harder to pick up all the treasures. It's harder to pick up all the treasures than to to fight. Yep, there we go. Yeah, every every single razor angle angel is trying to kill us. Oh, and these are these are dark alley shivs. Whoops. Whoops. Okay, let's let's back up a moment here. Okay, uh, how are we looking? We're looking. Uh, Nameless is not looking the best. He's at twenty nine out of forty one, but everyone else is looking pretty good. Oh, hey, look! You can just you can just kill them one at a time. Come on, guys! You doing? Yeah, keep fighting, keep fighting. You know what probably helps is that we got that extra proficiency, so we're hitting at plus two compared to where we were at before. Plus, I think we've seen a level up as well from... Um, uh on. So he got... Uh, he would have gotten a point of Thacko from that to fight a level up. So... Okay, we're just going to have to murder a million... These little... Millionaire's little, little dumb guys. Dark alley shivs now. How many gangsters can we kill in a single day? It's almost like in a giant universe, life is not valued when there's so much of it. So we should kill half of everything that's alive to make life worth more. That's not exactly the Thanos plan but like Oh There's a lady named Crystal who's like upset at us. Hmm. Hmm. Well, can can I can I dialogue Crystal? I cannot. Oh, no. Well, we get 200 experience for killing Cristal. And she's holding 1,000 coins. So I guess we don't need to do a quest. We can just decide that everyone is our enemy. We can pull a Wufei. Hey, we got a charm with infinite recall. Lore skill set to 100. Well, that's nifty. It lets you identify items. That's cool. Um, I mean, not that we're going to use it. Because we're dirty, no-good, rotten cheaters, and we've had, we've had all items auto-identified the whole time. Alright, have we, have we defeated all the people? Nope, there's more, more of these shiv people. Alright, Nameless, Done. you're gonna have to back off for a moment. Huh? Dumb. Now it's Nameless who's running around like a silly ninny. Back on and uh. What? Back on and Mort chase down all whoever his right. name is. We'll have. Well, we're gonna use this time to pick up all of our little items off the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we're getting some clot charms. I wonder if clot charms weigh anything. Yep, weight zero. We're just, right, we've been putting them in the quick item slot. We're at 16 clot charms. I wonder how many clot charms we'll have by the end of the game. All right. Theoretically, we'll have to use them eventually, but it sure hasn't really happened. Uh, there's a guy walking toward us really slowly. Oh, his name is Rotten William, and he's uninjured and he swings a weapon at us. Anyone that fights us is our enemy. And he had 300 copper commons. So, you kill a bunch of gangsters, and you take all their stuff, and then... uh, Whoa, hey, one more. Dark Alley Shiv, standard dude. Alright, there we go. And, uh... The moral of the story is, folks, you can just kill everyone you meet. And it's, like, morally fine, right? Um... Four tents, we can search the tents. 18 comma 19. Yeah, that's this tent right here. Let's have a look. Gamlin. Hey, what are you doing in my tent? Uh, greetings. You barge into my tent uninvited and all you have to say is greetings on your way, Burke. Okay. You know, I have to say that was my that was my fault. Oh, hey, hello, we got some wizards doing some sort of ritual. And then there's a guy named Rauk. You see a young man dressed in plain but well kept clothes. He pauses in his pacing as you approach. Greetings. A Rauk in trouble. Big. How you do? What's wrong? Rogue forgets rings and tents. Friends need to magic with. No rings, be mad at Rauk. One ring brown like Jink, other shiny like Mir. Last is pretty and yellow. Bring for Rauk? Oh, dude, I'll bring them girl. for you, Rauk. Okay, so Rauk gives us the tent's quest. Done. Let's see if we can go inside the first tent. Hmm. Done. We can check under a bench, get a bronze ring. Probably what Rauk wants. Uh, There's a tent over here. And. Oop, we can... Done. Hey, we got a silver ring. Uh, let's see. So we got. I don't see Done. where the third tent is. Oh, hey, okay, we can bash open a chest and get another charm of infant recall. Let's see. So that's the church. Hmm... Search the legs on the bench to find the bronze ring... Ah! Gone. The final tent isn't another reason. Aha! And the final tent... It's a gold ring. Ooh! Silver, gold, bronze! I'm gone. Seems suitably mystical... Although, how they got to these places... Who knows? I got the rings! You, new friend of Rauk now. Rauk, take rings, Rauk, thank new friends. Oh, Farewell, Rauk. Master, Rauk has the rings, and so he hands the rings. Then let us begin. So the five wizards are doing some sort of thing. Ah, uh, bra, kata! Oops, bra. They step together, they swing their staves. We did it! Watch out, it's attacking! Oh no! There's the limlim. It's attacking all the wizards. Oh, okay. That was, that all happened in a cutscene. Now we can talk to the limlim or talk to the. Let's talk to the limlim. You see what appears to be an ordinary limlim. It's hard to believe that this cute little creature slaughtered five wizard apprentices with such ease. I can kick the limlim or leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone. Let's talk to Ruck. Ruck lose friends, but Ruck make new friend. Call him Green Thing. Okay... Well, we got a clot charm and... Ooh, hey, some scrolls and a gold earring. And a silver earring. And a green steel dagger and a ring of the Traveler. Another scroll. Um... So that's interesting. I'm not... I'm not sure what we're supposed to have... What we're supposed to have learned there. Alright. We're gonna give these scrolls over to Dakon. We can learn identify. We can learn Fist of Iron. Uh Oh. This spell only works in the Nameless one. When cast, all normal punch attacks are plus 3 to hit and plus 6 to damage. The Nameless one cannot cast spells while the Fist of Iron in place. So we're going to have Dakon learn the spell anyway. Because um, Dakon could then cast it over onto, over onto Nameless. But Nameless definitely... You wouldn't be punching stuff with your fists if you had your Wizard class active. Uh, two to five piercing. So the green steel dagger is like a 1d4 plus one weapon, which is cool. But, you know, nothing too fancy. This ring of the traveler, plus one to armor class. These rings are quite common across the plains. Simple to make in great demand. Mages usually create these items as a way to raise quick money. This particular ring has a minor enchantment on it that protects the wearer from harm. So, uh, Nameless can wear it. Let's see, can Mort wear it? Mort has no equipment slots at all. Dakon could wear it. Mm. Dacon's armor class is already 2. I'm going to have Nameless put it on. You can go to armor class t- from 10 to 9. Uh, Nameless regenerates faster. Mm. But he also he tends to be in the front and take more damage too. So, sort of. Sort of all evens out. We could kill the Limlim for a hundred and thirty experience. We're not that desperate for a hundred and thirty experience. Um Let's see, the Cathedral of a Dead God. Oh if we if we go into the cathedral of the dead god, we can become a disciple of Asukar, But then, if we do, the Lady of Pain puts us in a maze. So that's cool. All right, let's go to Ragpicker Square. Um, done. What's our? Where's our world map? Okay, we have to go. The alley of Dangerous Angles has no direct line to Ragpicker Square. We have to go to the Mortuary Hive area, just the northeast. We go to the Northwest Hive area. And then we can go to Ragpicker Square. We've been to Ragpicker Square before. That's where we did the stuff where we did all the laundry. Remember? Remember the laundry people? Done. I hope you remember the laundry. That was a fun portion. And then we technically undid it from this continuity, so, like, whatever, I don't know. Um... Let's see. Oh! Okay. Trash-filled archway to the Trash Warrens. Shergrave's Kip. We want 1425. Nod? Jerum. Ah, here we go. So inside there's this little house thing. First of all, we're gonna we're gonna loot this house. Why wouldn't you loot a house? It's an RPG. You're supposed to loot the houses. Theft is good. What? Who? says Jerem. Greetings. I really don't have time to talk to you. You see I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to complete my spell without the key component. Maybe I can help. Jerem pauses for a second. I guess it couldn't hurt. I'm in need of a ruby to complete my spell. It must be of exceptional quality, not like the junk they sell at the marketplace. If you should find one, bring it back to me, and I shall make it worth your while. My journal. Farewell. Now, you want to know what the what Done. the cruel part of it all is, friends? Is That we can get a ruby, but we have to go back. It's it's what came out of Mordor's box. So... All right. We're gonna do that. Wow, that's a lot of bugs. Done. All right, to the alley of dangerous angles. Hey, look, get some more of those dark alley shivs that we didn't kill before. All right. Two copper, one bronze ring. I think the bronze rings are actually worth, like, 40. A dirty rat charm, which are also, I think, worth 40. Where is that? There we go. So we're going inside the ruined cathedral, and let's talk to that Asokar character. See if we can get that gem. I'd like to purchase that gem you took from Mordor's box. Luckily for you, I haven't had the time to sell it yet. I'll let you have the bargain price of 300 coppers. How about 100 coppers? I don't know what it is, but I like you. I'll let you have the gem for 200 and not a copper less. What do you say? I'll take it. May Asghar, the god of portals, doorway, and opportunity smile upon you. Farewell. Alright. So that's cool because we're going to get paid. uh, Coincidentally, 200 coppers. And so our high charisma is paying off here, folks. We're at 29,273 out of 32,000. I wish we could. uh, I wish we could level up to level 7 faster. So that we could. Uh you may recall that the problem was that before we passed through level seven as a wizard, which uh, set one of our specializations wrong. We want to go level up to level seven as a fighter, then we can temporarily become a wizard, do the deck on thing. Done. Uh back to Rag Picture Square. I'm gone. Alright. Jerem you back. Did you manage to find one? Uh, is this what you're looking for? That's perfect. Where did you. Never mind. Here. Jim takes the gem from you, handing you a good sum of coins. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to work on my spell. Dated my journal. Farewell. Okay. So we got paid off the amount of money. And we got 500 experience. That's cool. Uh. Oh. Ratbone can train us as a thief. We don't want to be a thief. That is a hefty amount of experience, but um, you can get 2,500 or more experience. Hmm. All right, let's talk to this Nod fellow, who I noticed has a special name, but he's in dustman clothes. As you approach the hooded brown road man, you notice that he's mumbling to himself softly and occasionally nodding. Greetings. Someone comes speak to Nod. Speak to Nod. Aye. He suddenly breaks into a fit of hacking coughs, then nods to himself. Uh, I had some questions. What? He sniffs, and squints at you. Jink. He taps his head, points at you, then points at his hand. He wants to know something. Jink. Aye. Jink, jink. Uh, f- dump ten coppers into his palm. This man is in trouble. Jink for Nod. Jink, jink. He mumbles for a moment hiding the copper coins away in the folds of his robes. Ask. Nod tries to answer you He coughs for a bit, spitting off something on the side. You know of a man named Farod. He looks frightened and starts to shake his head. Farod, 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 he shakes his head. What? What about him? He frowns and shakes his head as if he's not sure he should be speaking to you. I'm looking for a journal that I've lost. No, 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 no journal. He sniffs, wiping his nose with his sleeve. Tell me about this area. He points to the ground, nodding. The square, ragpicker square, trash everywhere, I. Shergrave square. He mumbles to himself for a moment. Oh, tell me about Shergrave. Shergrave's shadow long, falls over Nod, it does, I. Nod gives t- his jink to Shergrave. Shergrave tells others in his shadow, watches out for Nod, I. He sniffs, nodding slowly. Hmm. Hmm, tell me about collectors. Me? Me? He seems unsure for a moment, then nods assent. Me? Scoops up debtors, takes to dusties, dusties pay, jink for dead. Dead for the right place, dead happy, dusties happy, nod happy. Aye, with nods shiny jink. That's all. Eh, eh, he shakes his head, coughs, and resumes his nodding. ye would ask a nod I nod ask a ye, question for ye eye. Oh, go ahead. Ask your questions. Nod has a sister. I, am Amaris, Amaris lives in the hive, away from here, away from the square. So long, so long ago, Nod is separated from his sister, taken away. You've been separated from her, and you'd like me to find her. dated my journal? You don't know her. He shakes his head sadly for a moment, chewing his lower lip. If he sees her, if he does, tell her Nod, her brother, worries about her. Ah, he does. He worries. Why don't you go find her? No. Nod covers his head with his arms, mumbling to himself, Nod! Nod can't! Speaks right no more! He can't! Nay! And he smells the corpses and the dirt of a square wrackleck! Like squ- no! The outboard sends him a fit of hacking coughs. What happened to you, Nod? Nod sniffs, looking at the ground quietly. Finally, he begins nodding to himself, speaking softly. Nod was young, aye, he was, and started hearing voices, telling Nod, do this, do that! Bad things, bad, like chewing on Nod's fingers. He holds his hand to his face, and you can see old bite scars beneath the caked-on filth. Uh, go on. So Nod's parents takes him away, they does. Puts him in a dark place, a winged tower, where they pokes needles and hooks in Nod's head. Voices stop, aye, they do, but Nod can't think right, can't talks right. Nod escapes the place, he does. Walks up to the hive, I. Where is this winged tower? Dunno, dunno, bad place, bad. He shakes his head violently, clutching at his temples before resuming his unusual nodding. Go on with your story. Nod wakes up. There's collectors. eye, collectors poking at Nod. Says, look, not a debtor. Debtor he's not. Takes him back. Takes him. And they takes Nod back. They does. Back to the square. So long. Years, years, long ago. All right, I'll find your sister for you. Not thanks ye, he does. Not thanks ye. Amorice is pretty, so pretty. Lives in the hive now. Fair-skinned she was. Hair like jet and always in blue. Blue she was. Always in blue. My journal. So, we're gonna go to the northwest portion of the hive. And then we gotta go to that smoldering corpse tavern that you know we love. Okay, that's it. We Every time we pass through there... There's like three thugs that are trying to fight us. We're just gonna, just gonna handle those thugs right now. Get them off our case. Got a rusty dagger, got a bronze ring, dirty rat charm. Dirty rat charm sounds like an exceptionally uh inappropriate adult video. Or maybe it's the Maybe it's, like, the director. All right. I don't know. Um. It's always nighttime. How do I rest until morning so that this area lights up? Oh, hey, look. There's Amaris. You see a young woman dressed in a tight leather bodice and leggings. She smells faintly of cheap perfume, and her face, though pretty, is painted with garish makeup. She smiles coyly as she sees you. Seeking some company, love? Uh, are you by chance Amoryse? He stares at you silently for a time, then speaks. I was called that once, long ago. Who are ye? I was sent to find you by Nod, your brother. He's worried about you, and hoped I could tell him how you are. N- Nod? He's alive? Where? Why didn't he come to seek me out himself? I-, I think he's ashamed. He's a collector now, living in poverty in Ragpicker Square. He doesn't seem quite ri- right in the head, did he did I mean. i he was a bit touched, even as a child. When his name was Thoughtus. Oh, I've missed him so. Ashamed though. <sighs> me own works no more proud. Ah, well, at least I'm doing well for myself. For a hiver, at any rate, eh? I must visit him soon. She looks at you closely for the first time since you've spoken. Are you a friend of Nod's or. Not really, no. Hmm. Well, I thank you all the same. Please go speak to Nod for me and tell him how I worry about him so. I will. Farewell. All right. Cool. Up well, till now, that Amaris is alive. Oh. oh, look, another hive thug. <laughs> do do do. Oh. Done. I think we can we can let that hive thug get away. We don't have to kill every single hive thug. Done. That would be genocide against hive thugs. I guess hive thugs are more like a profession, not really a race. All right. If you if you kill every uh, every gangster, is that genocide? I don't know. She killed every mafioso. The mafia is mostly Italian. Does that count as genocide versus Italians? I don't know. Actually, are they Sicilian? We're talking specifically about the mafia here. From *The Godfather*, not any sort of real-world modern mafia. I'm talking about movie mafia. I think they're, I think they might be Cecilia. I don't know. I saw *The Godfather* a while ago. It was a long, slow movie. So we're talking to Nod again. Someone comes to speaks to Nod. Speaks to Nod. I. He suddenly breaks into a fit of hacking coughs. Then nods to himself. I spoke to your sister Amorese. You did? Not so happy he is. How's Nod's sister? Tell him of Amorese. Tell Nod, please. His excitement sets off a long series of hacking coughs. When he can finally speak again, he asks, "Is not sister so pretty? So pretty?" Uh, I can say yes, she is. She's a prostitute now in the hive. She's doing well and is worried for you. Or I can lie. I can have a. I can say a nice lie, or I can say a mean lie. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta not lie. So I'm gonna say she's a prostitute. Nod's so pleased to know, to know his sister is all right. He looks as if he's going to cry for a moment, then swallows his head. Swells hard. Anything more, anything more, she said for Nod to hear? Only that she would visit you as soon as she can find the, the time. My journal. Beneath the dirt-brown hood, Nod's eyes gleam with joy. Such wonderful news it is. Good, wonderful news, I, Nod thanks ye, and thanks ye again, and thanks ye a thousand times more. Glad I could help. Farewell, Nod. Well, that's nice. Um... Hmm. Hmm. 1813. Mm, I don't trust the gith. All right, so we leave him behind. Marrow friend. You can smell the reek of dung and rotting meat on this man, even from afar. Though obviously weak and decrepit, his long, thin fingers and sunken eyes give him a sinister look as he scuttles through the garbage around him. The way he drools and rolls his eyes make you wonder if he's mad. Greetings. He tries to focus on you, but his gaze wanders. His eyes are set deeply into hollow sockets, and his skin is terribly pale and diseased, covered with rashes and yellowed patches that look ready to peel from his body at any moment. The stench emanating from him is terrible. As you open your mouth to speak, he licks his lips and swallows. You're deader? what did you say? Yo! He licks his lips again, his long, spindly fingers pick at his skin, and he stares at you. Yo, deader! He glances to your left, then his eyes dart back to you. Dead? Dead? Hungry! He shes out to touch you, licking his scabrous lips. I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let him. His fingers scrabble spider-like on your arm, as if looking for a piece to tear off. He licks his split lips again, and you watch yellowish drool drip from them. With a raspy moan, his fingers suddenly dig into the skin of your arm and pull off a bit. Ooh, step back. You watch and feel your stomach churn as he takes the bit of flesh and shoves it into his mouth. He chews it slowly, then swallows. You dead? No, I'm not dead. You taste dead? He he scratches himself beneath his robe, and you suddenly notice that he has a finger hanging from his neck on a cord. It looks like there's a ring on it. Still hungry. What is that finger bone? He looks down, his plague-ridden features twisting into a ghastly, snaggletooth parody of a grin. Snack! He looks ready to chew on it. Mm, Don't eat that. Have a bite off me instead. I'm more fresh. He smiles and reaches for your outstretched hand. Mm, let him bite you. His teeth sink into the meat of your forearm and pull a chunk away with a single wrench of his neck. The pain is excruciating, but Mero friend sits on his haunches as if nothing had happened, chewing noisily at the mouthful of meat he pulled away. Now give me your finger. He clutches the finger bone to his... Oh, he clutches the finger bone to his chest, looking up at you pitifully and shaking his head. No, hungry." I'll let you have another of mine if you give me uh, the finger bone. He nods greedily and lets you take the finger bone. Let him bite you. His teeth sink into the meat of your forearm and pull a chunk away with a single wrench of his neck. The pain is excruciating, but Marophone... Marrow friend sits on his haunches as if nothing has happened. Chewing noisily at the mouthful of meat, he pulled away. (sighs) Thanks. Farewell. All right. So now we have a finger bone. Uh, Throw a bunch of stuff out of Nameless's inventory. Blood charm. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a cool, cool dealio. Alright, check out this finger bone. This is a decayed and nearly meatless finger bone from a humanoid of roughly your size. There's still some sort of odd ring on the finger. It is an intricate thing, sculpted with dozens of tiny ornate flanges and decorative protrusions. Oddly enough, it seems firmly rooted to the finger and no amount of pulling or prying will budge the thing. Almost as if the ring's jagged edges have dug into the lifeless finger itself and refused to release it. I'm going to... I can use it? I'm going to use it. This is a well... <clears throat> Okay, so it gives me the same description, and I'm out in the dialogue box. I can pull the ring from the finger. Try as you might, you cannot remove the ring. It is almost as if the ring's sharp edges have dug into the lifeless finger itself and refused to release it. You have an odd feeling about it. However, remove your own finger. Replace it with a finger bone. You place the ring finger of your left hand into your mouth. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and bite down as hard as you can. There's a sickening crunch, and you're overcome with the taste and smell of blood. You spit the bloody finger out and place the rotted, ring-laden finger bone against the gushing stump. At first, nothing happens, and you are horrified at the thought of what you've just done. Suddenly, though, you feel a strange, tingling sensation as bones fuse and tendons re In moments, the rotting finger bone has become a living part of your body, though it still throbs painfully. The jagged ring suddenly loosens and slips off into the palm of your hand. Done. Uh, Mempa's biting ring... Mempa's Biting Ring, Cursed, Special, plus two to armor class. Mempa was a mage obsessed with the possibility of having her magic items lost or burgled while she was asleep or otherwise incapacitated. While the vast majority of her carried possessions were inescapable from her corpse and thus buried with her, uh, some of her weaker items, early experiments perhaps, were left behind and remain in the world of the living Mempa's biting ring, his powerful aura protects its bearer from bodily harm, is one such item. However, once placed upon one's finger, the ring bites down and some holds on so tenaciously that it is nigh impossible to remove it from the bitten digit. So this counts as a cursed item, but it gives plus two to armor class, so that's not too cursed. Um so I had that shadow that negative token um and it was in a right it was in my right ring slot. I'm going to take it off because it just says you have to hold it by any of your... carried by any party members. Um, so I guess that's... I guess I don't need to equip it. So I'm going to put the biting ring on. It makes a funny sound effect. But my nameless one is now at AC-7. Someday will even be hard to hit. Not today, of course, but... Um let's see that was that was cool Hmm That's uh <laughs> I could become more lawful or good by going to a man who thinks that Mort is his skull and then asking for proof and then offering to buy Mort off of him. But that sounds silly. Hmm. Alright. To the trash warrens! The trash warrens? Eh. Uh, hmm. Yeah, the trash warrens. Uh oh. Our characters can't path to it. Oh! If we go to the end of the bridge thing. It opens up a dialogue. This archway leads only inches into the small building before becoming blocked by a solid wall of refuse. The rubbish is packed so tightly, it may as well be stones and mortar. As you come closer, however, the archway's outline begins to shimmer. You notice the handful of junk you've been carrying about begins to shimmer as well. Thrust the junk in the archway. The wall of refuse flickers, wavers, and screams. It seems to fold it on itself, revealing an open space beyond. A passage or portal seems to have formed within the frame of the archway. This is probably the worst place we can be in Sigil. So we we can go through the junk. Now we can get to the trash warrens. As we were promised long ago... Oh, boy. Whoop. We're in some sort of underground thing. Animoli is the name of this character. A ragged middle-aged collector approaches as you enter the area. I... He quickly looks you over and then sneers. Don't know you. Uh and say, I don't believe I've made your acquaintance either. Just passing through, ignore the collector. I don't believe I've made your acquaintance either. The collector continues to glare at you. Is there a problem? The problem as I be seeing it, Burke, is that you continue to breathe in my presence, he spits. Hmm. Then I'll leave your presence, Burke. As he turned to leave, you notice the collector drawing a knife from one of his pockets. Don't know what you was thinking about by coming down here, but the only place you will be going is to the mortuary cutter. I don't think so. Alright, so Done. Uh now all of these collectors are trying to kill us, and we kill them in like one hit each. So really who who's out to die today? Looks like all these uh Trash Warren's thug and collector. Um. Oh no. Nope. He had a few more hit points. There we go. See that? And then oh, let's get that trash-worn thug just as quick as we can before he runs. Oh no, he's ch- we're run. We're chasing him across the whole map, friends. Down the street. Oh no, we've run into more some more thugs. Damn. Ow. Yeah, there we go. Oh, did one of them come out of a door? That's neat. All right. So that's one, two, three, four dead bodies over here. Um, and... Hey, these all of these people have jagged knives that we'll be able to sell, perhaps. I don't know. There's a bunch of knives and... Um, Let's see. One, two, three, four, five people that we killed up here. So nine murders the instant we walk into town. I wonder if we're going to be popular. Oh. If we convinced Bish... To let us through, we would have gotten a bunch of experience. I'm going to I'm gonna load. I'm going to load and do that. Let's see. say Yeah, Odisei is right before we go through a door, so. Uh, we're going to let Bish Anamoli talk to us. I don't believe I've made your acquaintance either. I'm looking for a man named Farad. What you're looking for is no concern of mine, Berkey Spitz. What is concerned to me is that you're still breathing on presence. Hmm. Hmm, in the trash warrens? Oh, okay, so Anamoli is different from Bish. I gotta go outside to talk to Bish. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, if I say collecting bodies before they're dead sounds like a really good way to meet the lady, then that'll sort of spook him. You seem to talk some sense into the collector and he turns away from you. Watch your back, Cutter. Most Eerowalk will talk to you with their blade before their bone box if you stay much longer. I'd be doing the same. Yeah, whatever, Anatoly. Alright. Alright. Hmm. Done. Alright, so on this bookshelf there's some stuff we can take. Actually You're gonna you're gonna throw that junk on the ground. Bandages we'll keep. The embalming charm, lesser. Oh, they they stack. That's neat. Um, that's good as done. Oh no. I'm gone. Oh, yeah. We still got to fight these trash-worn thugs. Damn it! Oh, these are higher level thugs. They're worth I'm 120 hurt. experience. Oh, he's worth. I'm hurt. In the 220s and a 185. So they're like elite thugs or something. Oh boy, that's a lot of dudes. Hmm. Is there a way in that doesn't involve murdering every single person I see? Trash Warren's thugs. Hey, there's a box. Let's check it check out this box. Cranium Rat Charm, Dirty Rat Charm, Copper Common, High Quality Soledio, and Cranium Rat Tail. Well that's neat. The trash Warrens are very much made of trash. It's looking like a bunch of pallets. It's like underground. Hmm. Oh boy. Uh, there's a there's a collector that called for help, and then a bunch of thugs came out of nowhere. Hmm. Oh. Gonna have to kill this collector, I guess. Damn it. Wow. Oh, that's two more... two more murders. Oh. Nope. Hey, Die. that's great. Two more, I'm going to run out of space. Just trying to pick up all this treasure By treasure. I mostly mean these knives because the knives don't stack. Hmm. This way, I don't see anyone. Oop! no, those bunch of trash worn thugs. All right. Ooh, looks like my skills have increased. Hey, Mort actually leveled up. Mort, uh, Mort has a fighter class, so this is going to be an impressive level. Plus one to fist proficiency. Saving throws have improved, fighting skills have improved, 10 hit points gained, 2 hit points gained from Khan, so it's 12, 12 hit points and plus 1 to attack. And his fist proficiency is at level 3 now, so he's got plus 3 to hit and damage with fists on top of him being level 5, so his stack goes 16, and he's got 1.5 attacks and all that, yada yada yada. Um, He's got those magic teeth. Let's use the magic teeth. I want you to become... Yeah, yeah, now that we're level 5, we can tell them to become a magical weapon. Teeth rattle about wildly, then suddenly they settle down. After a brief moment, they begin to emit a soft magical glow. So now... they count as Enchanted plus 1. So they're 1d6 crushing damage weapons. uh, Plus 1 to hit. Special plus 1 crushing damage. Enchanted plus 1... That's all very well and good. Uh, All these Jagged Knives... is just too many. We're going to... Jagged Knife, Rusty Dagger... Not gonna keep any of this stuff. High-quality Stiletto... I don't think those are worth much. All these Charms and Rings... These are what probably are worth a lot. Uh, Mort. Also. Throw all these stupid daggers that I've been giving to Mort. Back to Nameless. And the Nameless will just make one giant pile on the ground. All right. Um, green steel dagger that counts as just a dumb weapon <sighs> eventually you learn not to take the weapons scroll of armor I'm going to put that in Mort's inventory because that's for selling later alright we're going to rest because Uh, Nameless is at seven hit points.